You're listening to another episode of the Zag Urquisoap here. Thanks for tuning in and listening to our social distancing mini pod series. Joined today by a 2018 LC Houston fellow, Maria De La Cruz is here. We'll catch up with her, hear about how life is going in my hometown of Houston. So we'll probably talk a little bit of Rockets basketball if we can sneak it in, but also all the amazing work she's doing on the COVID front line. So thanks for joining us. Let's get to it. Hi, Maria. Is Houston hometown for you? No, I'm actually from New Jersey. Um, I've been in Houston for about six years now. And what do you think of the city? I love Houston. I love how just amazing the people are, the culture, the food, everything's so great here. And such an interesting time for Houston. Interesting probably is a major understatement. Obviously, the, the COVID reality we'll talk a little bit about in a second. But I think what also people might not know is, you know, oil is such a big part of what Houston is about and the energy sector is, is just drives the, the city in ways um, that are pretty profound. And so to see oil get turned upside down in the last week or so is pretty wild. What are folks thinking and feeling uh, about that part of living in the town right now? So I honestly, so I work for the Houston Health Department, and um, I think my my thoughts and my processes have been more with the health aspect. I haven't really looked into the oil and what's going on with that, but I will find out. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, so much of um, oil money, too, gets it's uh, pushed out into things like nonprofits, um, the tax base, those kind of things change, too. So I know that's something as somebody who grew up uh, in Houston and knew a lot of folks who work in energy. Uh, that's definitely something to keep an eye on for sure. But I'm glad you're joining us to talk about the health reality. So give folks a scoop about how you are really on the front lines working during this pandemic time. Sure. So um, again, I work for the city of Houston Health Department. And when uh, when we decided, when the city and our mayor decided that we needed to open up testing sites, um, I was asked to be on the operations team. So I lead the COVID-19 call center uh, for the city. Um, so what that means is anyone that needs to get tested or just has general questions and education about COVID-19 or what should they do now if they have it or what are their what hygiene things practices they should follow? Uh, they will call into the call center, um, and we will connect them. Uh, we'll listen to their concerns, and then we'll connect them to whatever services we can get them to um, for resources. And I think what's been really confusing for folks is because there isn't a national uh, leadership presence on coordinating a national testing effort. Each state really is in such different places. So out here in, in California, uh, obviously different than what it might be in Nevada or Jersey, or obviously in. Texas and probably even city to city things vary. So what is the state of affairs right now about who can get tested and, and how folks can make that happen? Sure. So the transition from testing in Houston has been pretty amazing. Uh, it first started with our testing was only for first responders with symptoms. Um, and then it escalated to first responders and um, those that are most at risk. So older or people with chronic disease. And again, at um, with symptoms. It is to the point now that we are testing everybody. Um, you don't even need to have symptoms uh, to get a test in the city of Houston. Um, and I think we were the first uh, testing site in the state of Texas to do that. So we have now opened three testing sites and we have some mobile units going out into some um, communities that are seeing a large number of people being tested for positive uh, COVID-19. And so it, as long as you want to get tested, we will test you. And what is the typical turnaround rate from testing to results? So the turnaround rate is about, it's, so it's gotten better. In the beginning, it was like seven to 10 business days, which mm. kind of sucks. By the time 
you find out if you have it or not, you either have passed it or you're you're very, very sick. Um, but it's down to three to five business days, uh, which is better. Um, but again, testing is just going to tell you if you have it or not. So what we always recommend is for people to stay indoors, stay inside if they're not feeling well, to figure out, to handle their symptoms, so what they're feeling sick from, and then if they're really sick, to go to the doctors. Uh, but the test is just going to tell you if you have it or not. It's also going to help us determine where the numbers are um, and where if where the spikes is happening and things like that. And then something else that varies now a lot state to state is how the political climate is driving or not driving how soon or, or how slow businesses and the economy in general will reopen. What is the, the mood and the tenor like in Houston as compared to, say, maybe the rest of the state? Yeah, so today our governor uh, decided that he is, we're going to open up on April 30th and what that means. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, so we're, we're just learning what that all means. Uh, so he says April 30th, restaurants can open up t- up to 25% capacity. Hmm. Um, and there's some, some other aspects of the we're opening up kind of going on. But Houston, Harris County still staying closed so it's been very interesting um to see what's going to happen between like the city and the county and the state and the different laws um just recently our county judge um hidalgo um made an announcement that today was first day that anyone in harris county uh who was out and about had to wear a mask so that went into effect today um, but there is no fines. So the city, what we're doing instead of fighting people for not wearing masks is that our police officers are actually giving masks to those people. So that's kind of a cool way to like provide education and intervention as opposed to like finding someone for not wearing a mask, but still getting people what they need to. Yeah. And then do the governor's proclamations today, do they supersede anything that Harris County might do or any other county in the state? What's the uh, so that's what I'm still trying to figure out, um, and I think that's what our our team at the health department and the city, um, and the mayor's office, I think, are we're still trying to figure out what that means. Um, so it, it was very interesting because the press conference with the governor was on at like two, and then the mayor came on at three right away and was like, "We're not opening up." <laughs> so I think we're still trying to figure that out. Yeah, that makes sense. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about how NLC Houston and the chapter itself is uh, supporting uh, the good work that everyone is trying to do to keep everyone safe and healthy. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Zag. We'll be right back. Yeah, so Maria, you are definitely involved with the chapter, even though you were a 2018 fellow, you've continued that involvement, which is great. Um how did the 2020 fellows make that transition from in-person meetings to virtual? So it's interesting. So the, our, we are on the second weekend of the month. And so the order to stay at home happened, I guess the Monday after the weekend, but we had decided the Friday before that we were going to go in March, uh, going to go virtual. Um, and that was fundraising weekend. So I, I, we, try to figure out what fun ways we can introduce to a virtual training, but it's, it's definitely a, a change from what we were used to in 2018, 2019, or in past NLC classes. So there's, there's points of us having to learn what is best for the fellows and what, what they believe is best and how they want to learn. Um, and for the next two months, figuring out what that, what Institute is going to look like for them um, so that they get the whole experience. Um, and what do they need for that? So it's it's an interesting transition. 
And with so many folks in the NLC community probably leading their own trainings uh, for other orgs in their actual business lives, or I'm sure they're on Zoom all the time as well for other reasons, you know, what kind of advice would you give to folks who are, yeah, trying to figure out the best uh, pedagogical way to structure these learning sessions, but they're all virtual? What kind of things are you prior- prioritizing so that the the fellows who are going through it, uh, you know, learn a lot, but still uh, get a chance to bond with each other? So definitely try to make it active. Um, what we tried to do in this past institute is still have breakout groups so we had different zoom things like we came together and then was like all right for 30 minutes you're going to go into your lead group in this zoom account and work on this um so that was interesting and just integrated like yoga into it so we took time to stop and just have some breathing exercise uh we took time to really hear how they were doing and and i know that this is a difficult time for everybody and being in an institute it might not be what you want to do right now, but I think it was a great opportunity to be with everybody and to just learn together. Well, you know, one thing we've asked folks too is how they've found uh, ways to keep themselves entertained, motivated, happy in their shelter-in-place quarantine lives. What what kind of things have been giving you some 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 joy and giving you some peace of mind? <laughs> so again, I work for the health department, so I've been working. 15, 18 hour days. So, so like sleeping. <laughs> so sleeping you. has been amazing. <laughs> I had Easter off and I had uh, last Sunday off. So that was great. Um, so sleeping was good. Um, binging TV was fun. Um, but I still want, I do a lot of exercise. So working out and, and doing, I have a spin bike at home. So oh, I've been nice. doing a lot of spin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and maybe last thing, because you are so closely working with with health and health departments, you know, what should folks pay attention to in their own cities, their own states about um, progress that's that's being made? Like, what kind of metrics or what kind of indicators should they look for to maybe feel optimistic that at least a little progress is being made? Uh, so again, look at how many people have tested positive, but also look at how many people are passing so I mean, not, and pass, I mean, getting better. Hmm. Um, in Houston, if you go to houstonrescues.org, uh, there's a dashboard and it shows how many people have had COVID, but now we're better from that. Um, so seeing that number increase and seeing that wave, um, t- definitely uh, what our public health authority, Dr. Purse, talks about is if we stop too soon, meaning if we open up everything really quickly, um, there's going to be another spike. So we need to slowly, and he, he uses the metaphor of taking your foot off the brake, mm. slowly taking your foot off the brake as we start opening up things, um, but still trying to practice social distancing, try to stay inside as much as possible. Houston, it's beautiful out right now. So I know everyone wants to go outside, but really wear your masks if possible, um, wash your hands, uh, practice good hygiene. Um, and the metrics, again, look at the numbers that are getting better because people are getting better. Yeah. And one of the nice things about Houston is that beautiful weather will not last and you will not want to yeah. go outside because it will be <laughs> hot and miserable and humid and you want to stay in the AC. So hopefully that will work in your favor as things heat up this summer. Well, listen, thanks for coming on. It's great to have you. And thanks for all the work that you're doing. And thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of The Zag. Make sure to catch all the other episodes that we've dropped in the last couple of weeks talking to amazing NLC alums across the country. Find those at Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all the places you get your podcast. Make sure to check it out. And until next time, we'll catch you soon.